Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Let's roll, baby. I didn't think my mic was on. My mic is on now. Welcome in. It is a special Twitter Spaces edition of New York, New York. It's J.J. Johnson-Stremski after a football game between the New York Jets and the New York Giants, 13-10 in overtime. Giants lose in heartbreaking, devastating, gut-wrenching fashion. A game that, let's be honest, was so bad it ended up being kind of entertaining. It kind of ended up being kind of wild in those final couple of seconds. And let's be real. This game was shaping up to be heartbreak, anguish, devastation from a Jet standpoint. You hold the Giants to negative passing yards. Negative passing yards. You knock Tyrod Taylor out of the game. Tommy DeVito in the game. And yet, the Jets were a team that was unprepared to play. The Jets committed penalty after penalty after penalty that were just backbreakers. I mean, I'm talking on third down. I'm talking when you're punting the football. Now, some of them you can question, like the Jermaine Johnson penalty, which to me I thought was a ridiculous, ludicrous call, and the Giants got the better of it. All right, fine. Be that as it may, the other penalties are inexcusable. And that, to me, is a lack of discipline. It's a lack of awareness. It's on the head coach. And I thought, honestly, that we would be sitting here for a good hour roasting Robert Sala for the fact that the Jets were not prepared to play and that Zach Wilson is inept and is incompetent as a quarterback. Until Brian Dable basically said, hey, guess what, Coach Sala? Hold my beer. Now, I tweeted this out, and I'm sure you guys saw this. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But when the Giants kicked early in the game on fourth and one and missed, I'm ripping Dable to high heavens. Cowardly Dable. What happened to Brian Dable? 
Where is the gunslinger that I saw in Tennessee in week one of last year? Nowhere to be found. No freaking clue. Okay, whatever. It looks like he's going to survive that decision. It looks like the Giants are going to win a game. Kayvon Thibodeau's making plays, gets the big sack late. Wilson doesn't get rid of the football, and you're like, all right. The Giants have the ball. They need one first down. They probably have like a 95, 97, 98% chance of winning the game at that particular stage, at that particular moment. They have another fourth and one. Brian Dable kicks a field goal on a wet day, on a windy day, on a day in which your field goal kicker already missed the field goal in a big spot. Coach, you got Saquon Barkley. He ran for 128 yards. Go for it. You're two and five. What are we doing here? That can't happen. That is lame. It is cowardly. It is weak. And for those of you who are going to sit there and say, well, if Cano makes the field goal, the Giants are winning the game. You're probably right. But guess what? By missing that field goal, you gave the Jets an extra 10 yards of field position. And as Zach Wilson barely is able to spike the football after the completion of Lazard, I-, I think it's fair to say those 10 yards of field position ended up being rather important and rather crucial. Were they not? I think that they were. That is gutless from Dable. I don't want to hear about a third-string quarterback. I don't want to hear about Graham Godot. You need a freaking yard! One yard, and you win the game. And you're 2-5. and five. Coach with some damn stones. What happened to Brian Dable? This guy was a badass last year. Now he's the cowardly freaking lion. It's a joke. But credit the Jets. They take advantage. They got the field goal. Then, boom, in overtime, you knew the Giants were going three and out. And Wilson did just enough. Now, the broadcast is going nuts about Zach Wilson at the end of this game. Let's calm down. Okay. Let's calm down. He got the gift of all gifts from Brian Dable and the Giant coaching staff. And they barely were able to spike the ball. And they made a field goal and they got a pass interference. Okay. Let's not make this game out to be the Zach Wilson narrative. But the bottom line for the Jets, more importantly, is they are four and three. They got a game they needed to have. They get this buy hex out of their system where they win a game coming off their buy. And they're set up, at the very least now, to go and have themselves a November and a December. Is Zach Wilson going to hold them back? Ultimately, I think the answer to that question is going to be yes. But I think the Jeff formula is going to be, hey, run the football. Brees Hall, only 12 carries today. Unacceptable. He's got to touch the ball a lot more. You want to credit the giant rush defense? That's fine. Brees Hall's got to have the ball more. That's their avenue. That's their blueprint. Run it. Play defense. Great special teams. And their special teams today were terrific. Morstead was phenomenal. Felt like the Giants were pinned back multiple times in this game. And Zerline hits big kicks. The Jets have themselves a season. The Giants, let's be honest, they're 2-6. and six. I doubt Tyrod Taylor is playing next week, and I don't think you're going to see Jones. But here's the bigger question with Jones. They're talking about him coming back for the Cowboy game. If you're two and seven, who the hell cares? Like, if I'm a Giant fan, and I know the team isn't necessarily going to look at it this way, but I would. You might as well bottom out, right? And Carolina won today. 
New England has two wins. Denver finally got a third win. Like, I, for one, am kind of like hoping I can get myself set up maybe to take a quarterback next year. But this was one of those games. It was so bad. It was good. Like, it was for three and a half, three and three quarters, just like, am I going to say Ryan Lindley, Mark Sanchez, Greg McElroy bad? I might. I might. I mean, the fact that the Jets almost lost to Tommy DeVito is just hard to believe, but you won. Surviving events. And for the Giants, what happened to said coach? And I'm a part of the problem on this. Can I, can I own this? I was one of these people last year pounding my chest about Brian Dable. Am I saying he's Joe Judge or he's Ben McAdoo? I'm not, not ready to go there yet. But today, what is that? What kind of cowardly, lame, pathetic coaching is that? Two fourth and ones, and you're kicking field goals. Didn't know this coach turned into a cowardly lion overnight. All right, he wanted a space, he got a space. We'll lead it off with Eric uh, from Spotify Live. He gets us going. Hello, sir. JJ, what's up, man? Uh, I was at the game today. and uh, God bless you, Eric, by the way, for being out there in those miserable slop conditions because it was nasty, man. Nasty day. My shoes are still waterlogged. I was, If you remember, I was at the Thursday game last year against the Jaguars when Wilson got benched. And if I told you yesterday that the Jets were going to hold the Giants to negative passing yards, 10 points, you would have thought that this was going to be a convincing Jets win. And the fact that it wasn't is just a major indictment on the Jets' offense. I'm really happy they won, but I'm actually feeling a lot worse about this team than I did feeling uh, going into the day. Well, I understand that, Eric. Listen, offensively speaking, they have two guys that scare you. Brees Hall scares you. Anytime he touches the ball, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm worried he can take it to the house. And Garrett Wilson, obviously, is a playmaker. Outside of that, I know Wizard made a play here, a play there. He's not a legitimate number two receiver. I think we all know that. The offensive line, they're down two centers, three centers in this game. And they had all sorts of issues, including one big one snap in the football that was completely on the third string center. And, and they're not a great offensive line. Listen, offensively speaking, outside of the Kansas City game, they've been a lousy offense all year. Lousy offense. They've been terrible. And look, this is an important win because now you're four and three. But it exposed the Jets in a big way. The offense, like we were saying, uh, and also their play calling has just been insanely inconsistent and unreliable. We know this defense is big time. They've bailed them out all year, but you can't be expected to bail out an offense every single week. And if it wasn't for that pass interference call in overtime that, that would that helped put them in the field goal range, this would have been a tie. I thought we were getting a tie. That's such a great point, Eric. I thought we were going to get a tie. I did not have confidence. I did not have faith and trust that the Jets were going to go and get themselves in the field goal range. It was the right call on Adore Jackson. I mean, he was all over the receiver. They're going to call that 100 out of 100 times. Easy, easy, easy call. But glass half full, you got the win. Take it. Glass half empty, Jets have a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball. And this quarterback at some point in time is going to hold him back. That's inevitable. And if you can't see that, you're not paying attention. We head to the great Kenny at Staten Island who went to the game with apparently a dancing Joe Beningo after overtime. Is that accurate, Kenny? That's accurate, JK. He was doing the Victor Cruz salsa in the parking lot. It was hysterical. Uh, listen, the conditions out there were bad. I was fortunate enough to be in a box. It was me, Joe, and actually uh, Jake Asman, all three of us watching the game. 
So I, at one point I turned to Jake and I said, this is like the Manning cast, the way we're just like announcing the game. Because you know the way Joe is when you're watching a game with him. He's just basically blast out anything, whatever is on his mind. But getting to this game, uh, Zach Wilson, I thought he was turning the corner a little bit. He just looked like the Zach that we all know with, with those first and tens. And he runs backwards 10 yards and he's couldn't hit an open uh, running back out of the backfield. Uh, and, you know, the play calling, yeah, a lot of people say you can't blame play calling, but I don't understand what's up how Brees Hall only gets under 20 touches. Again. That can't happen. Kenny, it can't happen. Totally agree. You can take it to the house on any play. No doubt about it. And listen, 12 for 17, I know is not great, but you got to stick with that. And, and there were a couple instances on third and short where I have such little confidence and I have such little faith in Zach Wilson being able to read a defense and make the proper play that I'm much more willing to go and give the ball to Brees Hall and hope that maybe he's going to go and break one. The one when he missed, I, I don't remember if it was Hall. I think it was Hall. He was so wide open. It was such a simple NFL throw. And even Matt Ryan, who's trying to be nice and he's trying to be complimentary, Kenny, missed it. Absolutely missed it. Now, third and one, here's my issue. The Jets had a lot of third and ones this game. And most of the time, they're empty backfield. And I'm like, why is it an empty backfield? Listen, you, you, you tip your hat to the Giants defense. They played great. It was the best game Thibodeau has ever played in his short career. But in a game like this, where you basically got defense going mano a mano, special teams decided this game. I know Dable messed up. With, with the with the decision on fourth and one, you got to run the ball. How do you not run the ball, Kenny? You have Saquon Barkley. And, and what were you guys like being in the stands? This is what I want to know. You're watching this unfold. You think the game is over after Thibodeau's sack and you give the ball back to the Giants. Were you guys stunned to see the field goal unit go out on fourth down? Oh, 100%. I'm like, just just, just end the game. Because even, even if you don't make it, you're still... Well, and the field position, Kenny... By missing that field goal, it gave the Jets an extra 10 yards. Where if they would have got stopped on fourth down, who knows if they get it. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But those 10 extra yards, I mean, Kenny, for all we know, that's the difference between Greg Zerline making a field goal and missing a field goal. Or the Jets one out of time and not being able to do anything. And I'm watching the game. I say to myself, he's doing us a favor kicking this field goal. I'm saying to myself, I says, because fourth and one ends the game. And with the bad weather conditions, you just don't know. And even when the Jets got the ball after the penalty that put them in the winning field goal position on first down, they're, they're lining up. I'm like, what are they doing? You got to kick the field goal right now because you got your third string center and any snap is not guaranteed. Kick the field goal on first down because Salah at first wasn't kicking the field goal because he had his offense out there for a little bit. I'm like, what is he doing? Just kick the field goal. Because like I said, with a third-string center, you never know what could happen. Kenny, you're not wrong on that. And I was wondering if they were just trying to set it up and trying to center it and whatnot. Thankfully, they got the field goal unit out, and they ended up making the kick. You're right about the special teams. Morstead and Zerline were money today. Cannot say the same about Gano. That said, Gano should not have been kicking that field goal. You're 2-5, and five, you need a yard. Give the ball to Saquon Barkley. Holy shit, it's not complicated. Let's head to Morris, who's up next. He joins us. Morris, the floor is yours. Take it away. JJ, what's going on? Morris, what's good, bro? So, honestly, as a Giant fan, we should not have been in that game to begin with, losing Tyrod, 
bringing in DeVito and the guy obviously couldn't throw a ball more than three yards down the field. And with that said, I was very pleased with the defense being the way the way they played today, obviously against Albany and against Zach Wilson. But I was very pleased with the way they played. But with that being said, Dable's got a coach to win the game today. I just don't understand. Last, Like you said in the beginning of, of the live, last year he was coaching to win every single game. All of a sudden, he threw everything out the window, goes, you know, had a bad game. He shouldn't have been out there. And now Saquon, one of the best running backs in the league, you're paying him for what reason? Not to put him out there for, on fourth down? Just doesn't make sense to me. It's cowardly coaching, Morris. It's cowardly coaching. And we've seen this now a couple of different times from Dable. You look at the Buffalo game, they were in a similar position on fourth down. He decided to kick it. This game, he did it on two particular fourth downs. And look, I understand that you're putting yourself in a position where you don't have a great offense and it is Tommy DeVito under center. That's all true. Saquon Barkley still ran for 128 yards. I know it was workmanlike. I know he had 36 carries. You need a yard there. Let Saquon Barkley go and win the game, period. Let him go and make a run to get one yard and go and win the game. Case closed. 100% agreed. And my question is now, the Giants are 2-5 and five with no real outlook for the postseason. No real outlook. Do they start tanking? Morris, that's a great question. You mentioned the defense and how the defense showed up and, and brought it in a big way. And they have now. They played really well against Washington last week. They played really well in Buffalo a few weeks ago. Since that Miami game, and Miami's done that to a lot of teams this year, they've put up crazy offensive numbers. Giant defense last three weeks been good. Is that sustainable? Is that going to continue to be the case? Could make the argument, yes. Where they're in a position where it costs you enough wins to go and get that number one pick or go and get that number two pick. You know, Bears got a major leg up here because they have two shots at it. They have their pick. And then they have Carolina's pick. But New England's at two. Denver just moved to three. Tennessee just moved to three. Who knows what Minnesota's mindset and philosophy is going to be now that Kirk Cousins is done for the year. And the other elephant in the room that is a question that I simply can't answer at this point in time, Daniel Jones. I know there's a report out there that says, oh, well, Daniel Jones might be able to play against Dallas. So that's the target. A few weeks. Okay. Is it? Are the Giants two and seven at that point? Giants are not gonna have a winning season. We all know that. We all understand that. I don't think this coaching staff is gonna embrace the tank. That's that's my gut feel. Could be wrong, but that's my gut feel. Uh let's head to our buddy David, who is up next. He joins us. Hi, David. What's happening, bud? JJ, next time you do a remote on the wise guys, you got to get Stefan to work on your mic. So when it goes down, he can get you back up. like he did. Well, it did go down during our digital time. Thankfully, it did not go down the full hour that we were on FanDuel TV. Um, and I was at the Lakata compound today for the one o'clock games. Fantastic setup. I mean, he's got like the movie theater screens down in, uh, in his compound, which was really, really cool. But, uh, yeah, we got to work on that. I, I guess I got to have Steph with me everywhere. Is that, that's what you're saying, David. I understand. I get it. Yeah, listen, old reliable. I mean, Sal, uh, what was his response after his, what was his reaction after his comments this week on Thibodeau? He must have been jumping for joy. Uh, I'm saying, I can tell you this. Uh, our buddy was not particularly uh, happy seeing Kayvon Thibodeau go and have a monster performance. I, I don't think he was particularly happy about that. All right. Well, uh, let me just get to the game for a second. Um, I, I agree with the way you started. You started by saying this was about to be a three-hour um, um, 
post-mortem on Rob Sala. And I'm going to tell you, I don't see a reason why this shouldn't be because this team did not deserve to win today. And as far as I'm concerned, the only thing I'm happy about is I don't have to listen to Giant fans brag all week and for the rest of the year, but but the Jets should be embarrassed. They almost lost to a team who had minus nine passing yards or at least tied them, even if they if they don't get the pass interference ball. It makes no sense why Joe Douglas and Rob Salas still think that Zach Wilson is an NFL quarterback. Every other person in the world knows this guy cannot be a quarterback in this league. David, here's the problem. At this stage of the game, where are you getting? I, I, and I agree with you on Zach Wilson. He's not any good. He, there was a narrative out there. He's getting better and he's getting more confident. Today, it's the same old Zach Wilson. Skittish in the pocket. Missing wide open receivers. Not having the acumen you need to go and play that position at a high level. But we're in late October. Where, honest question. Where are you getting a quarterback? So the answer is you're not. And it's an indictment on the way that they went into this season and the way they reacted, right? Well, that's a story for a different day. And I agree with you on that. See, I'm glad that you acknowledged and you realized, for better or worse, this is the bed the Jets have made in this 2023 season. And look, they're 4-3. and three. We know their defense can play and bring it at a high level. Uh, I'm not sold on this head coach. I don't think you're particularly sold on this head coach. I think the players like him. I think they play for him. I'll give him credit on the defense. But as far as in-game and getting his guys ready to play and, you know, having that feel for the game, I still have my doubts about Robert Sala, full disclosure. But they're 4-3. They got the Chargers and the Raiders the next two weeks. Then they got Buffalo and Miami. David, if they go 2-2 two and two in that next four, they set themselves up to go and be a playoff team when it's all said and done. And if they do that, you're going to have to be okay with the season. How can you not be? Listen, if they make the playoffs, every Jet fan's going to have to be happy. Let me just say one more thing about the play call. Uh, someone made this point. It wasn't my point. But Zach Wilson seems to play well when he doesn't have time to think in these two-minute offenses. Why don't they run a two-minute offense in the middle of a game? So Zach Wilson could just quickly look at his receiver, throw it in there, sharp slants, you know, quick, quick moving offense. Because it seems like that's the only time when he actually plays well. That is an excellent observation, David. Excellent call as always. I would be incorporating more of that, especially when my offense is as anemic and as pathetic as they were today. I'd be incorporating a lot more of that. That's a very, very good point. Um, let's head to, where are we going to go? Let's head to our pal Bradley, uh, who joins us next. Bradley, the floor is yours. Welcome in. How are you doing today? Uh, well, the quote, uh, Dexter Lawrence in his post-game press conference. To sum it up, yo, I'm pissed, as every Giant fan should be. First of all, JJ, let me just put it this way. This game, and I'm putting this up there with the Joe Pasarczyk, and I'm putting this up there with the Deshaun Jackson punt return for a touchdown. What Brian Dable did at the end of that game is, it's it's borderline nearly unforgivable. All right, I'm and trust me, I'm with you. I'm not ready to go there yet with like comparisons to Judge or Shermer or McAdoo, but let's be real. This guy is not the same from what he was a year ago. Where you can go back to Week One against Tennessee, where he said after they scored the touchdown, where he said, "Fuck it, I am going for two for the two. I am going for the win." And I don't know what is happening to him, but he has changed drastically this year. I totally agree. And you've seen it, Bradley, in a couple of different games this year. I saw it on a couple of occasions in the Miami game on fourth down decisions. It was obvious in the Buffalo game when they ended up kicking a field goal to go up three on a fourth and one when you're playing the Bills, when you know that's not going to stick and you know that's not going to hold. 
even saw it maybe once or twice last week, if I'm not mistaken, in the Washington game. But today, it's bad enough that on fourth and one early in the game, you missed a field goal. At the end of the game, you got your defense getting you to stop. Thibodeau has the moment. It's fourth and one. Give the ball to Saquon. If Saquon, let, let's put it this way. If Saquon Barkley doesn't get a yard, what giant fan is killing Brian Dable on that? Are you? I mean, I'm not. No, I'm nope, I am not. I, I'm with every giant fan. I'm telling you right now, we would not be mad in the slice bit. Because you know what? Even if he, they didn't get it, we would still be like, okay, this is the same guy who did say, you know, screw it. I'm going for the win now. If it backfired, so be it. We can look in the mirror and say, that is still the same coach from a year ago when he decided to go for two against tennis. And we would we would all be saying that. But no, what we got today was a guy who played who coached scared, who coached like a guy who's on his way out the door. And I'm not saying by any means that, you know, Brian Dable's out the door or anything like that. He, I, he's gonna be back for a third year. But let me tell you something right now. That is just like literally losers mentality, what we saw at the end of that game. It was just it was just unfathomable. How we, how we saw that guy coach today. It's coaching scared, Bradley. It's coaching scared. And you know what? You get the result you deserve. This game was so close to being an evisceration of Robert Sala and the New York Jets for losing to a third-string quarterback, losing to a team that had negative passing yards because of incompetence from the coach, incompetence from the quarterback, not having a team ready to play with some of the inexcusable penalties. Like, that was all going to be a storyline. Until Brian Dable said, nah, hold my beer. I got you. Jump into the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. So, you got some NBA action coming your way later this week. The New York Knickerbockers got themselves tough little stretch of games, whole lot of playoff teams, whole lot of tough games on the schedule. Knicks in action Tuesday night against Cleveland. I think we all know what happened last year when the Knicks took on the Cavaliers. I'll take the Knicks money line. Not even getting cute. Give me the money line. Knicks find a way to keep it going against the Cavaliers and they'll get back to 500 on the year. That way, you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $150 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus in present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Limit one pass per customer. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fandle.com slash sportsbook. NBA League Pass, local blackout restrictions apply. Uh, let's head to uh, Chris from Orlando who joins us. Chris, hello, sir. What's happening, dude? Hey, Jay, long time, no time, man. It's been a while. Chris, good hearing your voice. What's up, man? Good, buddy. Good, good. Great to hear you as well. Uh, missed you on the overnights, but I digress. Anyways, uh, so let's talk about the, the MVP of the game. No doubt you mentioned it earlier. Tommy Moore said uh, the Jets have got a gem, but it's not sustainable if, you're, if your punter is your number one player. So I get it. Look, with the W is the W. Uh, one thing I would challenge you on, JJ, I think because I, I watched the game with a Giant fan, 
And the Giant fan actually was glad they were going for the field goal because he goes, look, we make this. We got to make the Jets go the whole yard field for a touchdown, no timeouts. They, they, they got to kick the field goal. And when he missed it, I said, well, should he have went for it? He goes, no, no, no. See, I told him, Chris, listen, that fan's entitled to their opinion. They're dead wrong on that, though. And here was my thought process, right? It's a couple of different things. Number one, Saquon's over 100 yards. You need a yard. Go win the game. I, I, I like that. Go get a yard. I'm not getting cute with a wet day, a windy day, a kicker who already missed a field goal. And I'm also thinking, Chris, about possibilities. Number one, what if the kick gets blocked? Number two, what if on a kick return, you go and, and, and return it for goodness sakes? Like, I'm running through all those variables in my head, and I'm like, the safer call is to go for it. Not only that, think about this, though, Chris. By missing that field goal, they gave the Jets an extra 10 yards of field position. As we know, they barely... Oh, no, 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 but my point is, Chris, as close as it got, it, maybe the time runs out. Maybe if they're back 10 more yards, you're not getting as close. So to me, it's just like it ended up every which way blowing up in Dable's face. Every which way. One last point, JJ. You know, uh, look, there is no excuses for, 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 for this quarterback. There's just none, right? Zach is Zach. But, but, but he, lo- he was terrible in Jacksonville in terrible conditions. He was terrible today in terrible conditions. And he's typically terrible in good conditions. But, I mean, he does seem to play even worse. When it's wet outside, it's something to keep an eye on, but going forward. But JJ, great to hear your voice, man. It's been a while. Thanks for uh, pulling me up here. Oh, Chris, my pleasure. Don't be a stranger. Join these anytime. We'd love to hear from you again. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, Bad weather for a New York quarterback, something you got to deal with. It's something you got to deal with. Not every November and December is going to be as balmy as it's been the last few years. But that's why it puts a premium on, hey, being able to run the football, being able to play defense. The Jets can do those things. They can do those things. Do I trust this quarterback? No. I mean, if, if you do, God bless you. God bless. Uh, let's head to uh, our buddy Jet Up. He's on, the enforcer. What's up, enforcer? How we doing, babe? Hey, what's up? Uh, first time uh, listener, first time. Thank you for letting me. Well, I love it. No, my pleasure. Welcome aboard. What's up, dude? So, so when you say the narrative, uh, Zach is not the answer. Apparently, he's not. But I think we just play to the competition. If the competition is poor, I, I. But that's unacceptable, though. See, but that's unacceptable because you have to bring it in the NFL, no matter who you're playing. And I, that's great. You're right. They played well against Kansas City. They lost the game. They beat Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen uh, was definitely responsible for that game, but you get my point. Beat Buffalo, give him credit. Philadelphia, same sort of deal, give him credit. You got to show up for every game. Jet up, if you don't show up for all these games, you're not going to make the playoffs. You got to win 10 games, dude. Correct. So so, so if you have to pin this loss on somebody, you can't pin it on Zach because Zach had the same numbers he had in the Kansas City game and this game. Well, he was better, but, well, listen, he put up a lot of these, the, the yardage, the last two series of the game, especially that last series of the game when he probably added, you know, 40 to 50 yards of of passing, getting the Jets in the field goal range, which I guess you got to give him credit for. Um, I don't put all the blame on Zach Wilson. I think he gets some of the blame. I think your coach has got to get a lot of blame. The team, those penalties on third down, the penalty that extends a drive on a punt, 
that shit is inexcusable, dude. And that to me is my was my big takeaway for almost four quarters of this game. The Jets off a bye week, off their winning a year against Philadelphia, were a step slow and were unprepared because they were making mistakes that were backbreaking that were self-inflicted. Correct. I, I agree with you, especially on third and one. Like, I, I thought I was having flashbacks of last season on third and ones. That w- this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. We have a running back that can get us two yards every single time, and they don't give him the ball. But one last thing I'll leave you with is that um, you're a- No, I'm not. I'm a Dolphin fan. Dolphin. Oh, wow. Um, we don't call them dolphins in here. We call them flip. Okay. The fins. Fins up. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, but um, we are the king of New York's now. Hey, listen, you want to flex? You know what? Jet up. Good for you, bro. You want to flex today? You won the game today? You feel good about your team? Good for you. Hey, Giant fans got to eat it. Couldn't get a yard. Missed the field goal. Allowed Zach Wilson to get in the field goal range. Yeah, you got to eat it. So, if that's your take, good for you. More power to you. Um, let's head to Brendan, who is up next. Brendan, hello, sir. How are we doing? Yo, I, I didn't think Army Navy was going to start for a, a couple more months. I, I After watching that, I I can't fathom, you know, and I, I don't know if this point was made, but how do you keep a quarterback on your roster that you do not trust to throw two passes? But he, we attempted one. I, I, can't, I can't imagine. I, I just can't fathom it. I mean, you know, we, we already know Tyrod Taylor is not the most durable guy. He's been in, he's been, you know, two, two games, played solid. But even going back to last year, I mean, you put him into the Bears game, the same kind of situation that we, we had today. You know, he gets knocked out of the game. We got to run the Wildcat offense. But tell me, JJ, how do you keep a quarterback on the roster? I, I understand, you know, the inexperience. I understand the, the lack of talent. But how can you not trust a quarterback on your roster did not operate some type of some type of passing offense. Totally fair. Now, look, when you're dealing with a third-string quarterback, you got to remember you're dealing with a third-string quarterback, so you have to take it with somewhat of a grain of salt. It's tough to have three really good quarterbacks on your roster. It's tough to have two solid quarterbacks on your roster. It really is in many ways. Tommy DeVito, I can tell you this, and this is why, Brendan, I laughed when I actually saw some of this nonsense on Twitter about a week, week and a half ago. Oh, let the local kid play. Let's see what he can do. He stinks. I watched him in college. I watched him at Syracuse. I watched him at Illinois. It's stunning he's in an NFL uniform. The fact that he was playing in an NFL game today is so just mind-boggling, beyond belief. Um, Yeah, he should not be starting games for anybody. If that's your point, I can't fight you on it. It's just tough to kill a team, though, when you're knocking their third-string quarterback. You know what I mean? That's that's tough to do. It's it's bizarre, and I you know I I know it's a tough, obviously a tough position for him to be in. You know, and I, it's I'm not putting any blame on him. I just you know I thought I thought the play calling was predictable. And one thing I I do want to bring up, and I immediately thought of it in the overtime coin toss. You know, would it have hurt hurt us to defer? No, no, Brennan. Excellent point. Excellent, excellent point. I would have deferred. And and normally, Brendan, in that situation, you never want to do it. But in this sort of game, with the way these offenses look, it might have been a better call. I can't kill you on that, Brendan. Can't kill you on that. 
I'm saying, you know, and, and the offensive series that we had, I didn't, I didn't know if those were double passes to Saquon. I, you know, they're behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, that's, that's really the second thing, you know, that, that there's really not much to even analyze defense play. Great. Adori, I'm going to miss you. You know, your, your, your bags are packed after this game, but, uh, but yeah, that's about, that's about it. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's going to be tough to watch the rest of the way. Thank you, JJ. Brent, appreciate it, man. You know, we'll see what the Giants decide to do between now and Tuesday. Trade deadline is Tuesday. Do you see a couple of guys on the move? I don't think it will be anybody monumental. Like, I'd be stunned if Saquon Barkley's traded. Just, just my gut. Just my feeling. I don't think John Merrill will sign off on it. I could see Adore Jackson. I could see Leonard Williams. Those sort of guys. Those are moves that can be made. Let's head to, uh, where are we going to go? Let's head to LG, the gold standard. What's up, gold standard? How are you, bud? So, uh, really quick, uh, 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 Caller previously said something about why the Jets don't go with a more up-tempo uh, because he always, Zach, you know, he says his best work in, in the, you know, the last couple of minutes. Part of that is because the defense is playing prevent. The Giants were killing him all day. And then on that last those last that, that last possession, those last two passes, they rushed three for no reason. I, I don't understand why they would change what was working the entire game, but they did. So you can't run an up-tempo defense with Zach Wilson the entire game. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's now look, I wouldn't mind seeing that look a little bit more. I, I get your point. They did kind of lax the coverage there at the end of the game. Well, the the habits are awful. They're awful. And he's missing wide open throws. And he can't go through progressions. But for better or worse, LG, he's your quarterback. So you have to find a way somehow, some way, if you're Nathaniel Hackett, to try to make... No, but I'm saying it's something that at least he's had some semblance of success with. And and not just this game. Kansas City game, he was able to do that as well. They were running a little bit more off-tempo when he was having success. You know, the only other quarterback they have on the roster right now is Tim Boyle. Mark, uh, uh, Trevis Simeon is not dressed. Do you think if Simeon's the backup, they don't they don't pull him at some point and pull Zach and put Simeon in and say, we got to get somebody out there that can at least uh, read a defense? I mean, so, uh, uh, there's no way you can play worse than Zach did for the 59 minutes of this game that he played. Uh, you're not wrong. But the fact that you were able to go and win this game and the fact that Wilson was able to go and make a couple of plays, appreciate it, LG, that's going to buy him at least a couple more weeks as far as I'm concerned. The Jets are on the hill of, hey, we committed to Zach Wilson as our backup quarterback. He's the guy. I understand you don't like him. I don't like him particularly much myself. It is what it is. Uh, let's head to Big Don. He's up next. What's up, Big Don? How we doing? So, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people have been killing Dayball, and I can understand why. I, I definitely agree with a lot of the uh, conversation that he has not been that aggressive this year and there's I think there's if you look a little deeper there's some specific reasons for that that has to do with just the the lack of confidence overall with some pathetic offense but in this particular game I I, I gotta actually kill Gano more than I'm killing the ball man I mean if he just makes one of two kicks this entire conversation is entirely different we're talking about how the Giants somehow won a game with a third string quarterback all you got to do is make a freaking field goal, man. It's two kicks, and they weren't even hard goal, field goals. They were less than 40-yard kicks. Statistically speaking, those are 85% to 90% makes. 
I mean, I can't kill Dayball for thinking his kicker is going to make a freaking field goal, dude. I understand the fourth and one. I get your philosophy on you got Barkley. Let's give him the ball. Let's see what happens. But listen, dude, you got to make a freaking kick. I mean, he did make one in the first half, so it's not like he couldn't make anything for the whole game. I mean, make a kick and win the game. It's that simple to me. Yeah, except for the fact that it's bad weather, it's windy, and your kick already missed the field goal and has not been as good this year. So I know you're going to hear from people saying, hey, make a kick, and I get that, Don. It's under 40 yards. Get a yard. Give it to Saquon Barkley and get a yard. I get it, but I think statistically speaking, you're actually higher likelihood to make that kick than to get the yard when it's not like Saquon was getting a yard on a lot of plays. He was getting shut down a lot throughout the day. He got, he got 36 carries on the day, but you know, I mean, obviously he missed it. He gave him an extra 10 yards of field position. I get all that. I just, uh, I have a hard time just dogging day ball for the decision. Cause I think even mathematically it was the right one. It just sucks that it didn't work out. Obviously. Um, I'm going to kill him for it though. And I'm going to kill him for it, Don, because this is the way he's coached throughout the course of this year. And he wasn't coaching like that last year. You needed one yard to end that game. One yard. That's rough. Super rough. And this is a game that would have given, for better or worse, Giants some confidence. Hey, get Jones back. Three and five. Maybe Taylor comes back next week. Now it's like two and six. Totally different feel. Totally different vibe. Elmhurst, our buddy Charlie. Hello, Charlie. Oh, what? A, I mean, I, I thought we got. I thought the Giants. I don't want to talk about you know small things about the Knicks and everything. But no, 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 no. Not after this one. This dump of a disgusting game. Like, like. So, I mean, I'm gonna say that Jet quarterback. He reverted back to Suck Wilson. I mean. How the hell? I mean, Dable, that is a losing clinic. Losing clinic. Fourth and one. Twice. How can you not go? That is gutless. That's loser. And right after he missed, like, right after he missed, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know anybody talk about it. Pivotal with the offside. Kill the clock on offside. That was a double whammy. And it's tough now. Here's the problem, Charlie. It's tough to kill Thibodeau. He was all over the field today. The guy had a monster game. He's now on pace for 16 sacks. Like he, and I know there's been a lot of talk uh, about Thibodeau not being Michael Parsons. He's not Michael Parsons. Nobody would argue that. He is emerging and developing exactly the way he should be as a second-year defensive lineman. Like, I'm A-OK with Kayvon Thibodeau, and I thought he was all over the place today. That said, that penalty that you're alluding to was a big play in the game because you're right. It cost the Giants a couple extra seconds and gave the Jets a free timeout. Oh, that was inexcusable. Like, I mean, I mean, now I'm at the point where like Giants finished. I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with the season. I mean, uh, lose out. What do they want? I mean, like maybe bet against the team. Like the fact that I nailed this game with plus uh, the Fandle had a nice profit, like fifty percent profit boost uh, on this game, so I had to play it. I mean, that's about as a, like a, a, a disgusting plus three and a half on the Giants that I want. So though I was disgusting. Yeah, it's a terrible push. Listen, that is a terrible, terrible. Uh, actually, actually, not a push, by the way. It's, I got I buy with a hook, so. Ah, okay. So you ended up having three and a half. Good for you, Charlie. I cannot say the same. Uh, Beningo, you know, I had two pushes today. One of them was very unfortunate. The other one, Charlie, was very fortunate. I had a very fortunate push with um, who was it? 
Washington at seven. Had a very unfortunate push. Very unfortunate push with the Giants. But you can thank Brian Dable for that one. Let's head to our pal Anthony in Tom's River. Anthony, what's up, Poppy? Yeah, I was actually at the game today, which was... Uh... Um, better question. Did you stay for four quarters in overtime? We did. We did. It's funny. Once, uh, once the Jets were about to kick the game-winning field goal, we were like walking towards the exit because we knew it was pretty much over. That was your cue. After the pass interference, I can understand that. I can understand that. But we stayed for the whole thing, and luckily I was covered, so I wasn't getting too soaked uh, during the game. But yeah, it was just a, just a miserable game overall. And I'm with you. I, I love the coach. I love Brian Dayball, especially after the first year. But this year has been a lot left desired. And I don't know, he just transformed into this super conservative head coach. You know, the, the first game of his career with the Tennessee Titans, he's going for two, he's winning games. And I know he's hamstrung with, with the quarterback position. But there were just a lot, that fourth and one, I, I, I felt it just like you did early in the game. Go for it, make a statement. I mean, I know the team is struggling offensively. But I just did not like the conservative play. And I don't, I don't know if you mentioned this. I, I, I saw it live and I didn't see any replays. When the Giants had the ball um, before the, miss, the second Miskino kick, did Saquon tend to like go down a little early to melt? Yeah, and Tiki was all over it. You know, I give Tiki credit. He mentioned it. That was a, there was a run where it looked like Saquon might have been able to get the first down. Not a given, not a guarantee might have been able to get the first down and maybe let up because it was more important to get down. It was more important to have ball control, whatever the case may be. Ended up being significant when you look back at it now. There's no doubt, Anthony. Yeah, when I saw that live, I just wasn't sure. I was like, why would he go down so early? And I, I understand he's trying to make the smart play, but you got to pick up the first down first before you go down. You can't, you can't go down five yards in. And obviously that loomed big. But uh, at this point, I mean, this team is basically reverted back to what it's been the past couple of years. They're kind of just stuck in no man's lands. And uh, I mean, to me, this was more of a giant loss than a Jet win. Um, I get that, Anthony, but the bottom line for the Jets is get a win any which way you can. Get the win and survive in advance. They all count the same. You couldn't lose this game. Especially when Tyrod Taylor gets knocked out. At that moment, it's like, it's Tommy DeVito. You cannot lose a game to Tommy DeVito. You cannot lose a game when you have going up against a team that's got negative passing yards. Can't lose. Uh, let's head to Chris, who joins us next. Chris, what's good, dude? How we doing? I, I, don't, I really don't want to take up too much of your time because, honestly, I don't really think, and I'm a Jet fan, I, I really don't think that they deserve, especially offensively, for me to talk about them. You are 1,000% correct. Um, getting the W is the main thing. So we'll keep the main thing, the main thing. I'm extremely grateful that we got a win. Now I, I'm going to get ungrateful. This offense ain't it. If I were to describe w listening to the jet offense today, I, I think of fingernails on a chalkboard. If I had to describe it in terms of a visual, it was like looking in Medusa's face. This is not it. Um, and, you know, moving forward offensively, and I'm not, I, look, we'll, we'll have all week to get in, to peel, you know, to, to peel it all apart. But no, you, you know, no, this is not it offensively. 
Well, Chris, listen, here's the problem, dude. This is what you have on offense. And I think there's going to be a quotient of Jeff fans who want to believe that Zach Wilson between now and the end of this year, my friend, is going to look much better. I don't see it. And I guess I was somewhat encouraged after the Kansas City game, even though it was a loss. Probably the best statistical game of Zach's career. Last couple, he's kind of reverted to the player. He's always been. He's inaccurate. He doesn't read the field well. He misses wide open throws. That's changing. I mean, this is a guy now midway through his third year. So, you might be able to get to the playoffs with him, but at at some point, you kind of know how this is going to end with Zach Wilson. You just know. Johnny Jets. I love it, Johnny Jets. What's up, man? So my take on Robert Sal and the defense, let's for the moment say that the, the defense is a Ferrari, right? And that the Jets are, are driving, are a Ferrari. They're being driven by Helen Keller uh, against a Pinto. And today, the Ferrari won because the Pinto blew up. You know, that's the problem with this team. Robert Sala, uh, it, it, amongst his many faults is his clock management. He's up there with, uh, with Todd Bowles and Herm Edwards. He's just, he's completely oblivious. My question to you and to really to Jets Universe is Robert Sala has a boss, and that's Joe Douglas. And Joe Douglas has a boss, it's Woody Johnson. Uh, he's not a football guy, but he calls the shots ultimately organizationally. Why can't they get one of the analytics experts from the Mets or, or some, somebody and just tell Robert Sala, this person is running the clock management. You are no longer in charge of it because you can't do it. Why do these continue these same problems? The end of the first half today, you know, they're, 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 they're throwing incomplete passes. They're running out of bounds. I mean, you know, that, that's on the coach. In addition to the fact that undisciplined defense getting all these penalties, you know, and, and all the lethargic play week to week, you know, starting off slow. You know, it's his third year, the guy, um, Robert Sala, the best thing that ever happened in this year is Aaron Rodgers going down because the focus was taken off of his deficiencies. But bringing it back to my question, why are they allowing him to stay in control of clock management? Listen, is he great at managing the clock? He's, you now, Johnny, he's not good at it. I mean, I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm not going to pretend that he is the Zen master as far as being able to handle every clock, game, timeout situation. It's not a strong suit. It's most certainly not a strong suit. That's the defense ready to play, though. That you can't deny. His defense comes to play week after week after week. No getting around that. My guy from the JetCast is up next. He's got a little blue uh, verified Elon Musk uh, check mark. What's up, JetCast? How we doing, big guy? Johnny, what's going on, brother? Can you hear me? I guys? got you loud and clear. What's good, dude? Perfect. We'd love to have you on our fight. Uh, send me an email. Uh, Jay at Spotify.com. Done. Anytime. I got you, brother. I will say this. I'm listening to Johnny Jets. I think that towards the end of this half, Robert Sala in the first half, at least, he was saying, my offense has done crap all game long. I'm not going to have my quarterback going out there and start throwing the ball over the field and turn the ball over. He knew it was going to be a defensive dogfight. I think that they kept the reins on Wilson. We saw it over the last couple of weeks. With the Chiefs, they knew they were going to have to air the ball out because we're going to have to keep up with their offense. So they let Zach be Zach a little bit more. I think today they kind of kept the reins on because they knew the quarterback situation with the Giants. So I'm not I'm not making excuses for anybody. The offensive line is completely banged up. You want to attack that? I'll I'll be right there with you. But 
we got to mention everything else that comes. Yeah, listen, I, I understand. I understand. So, so I get the narrative of okay, we should be able to win this game with defense. That's fine, but your quarterback has to be able to make simple NFL throws. He's missing wide open simple NFL throws in this game. I mean, you saw the same game I watched, right, Jetcast? I mean, these are wide open throws. Brees Hall in the flat, throwing the ball behind Garrett Wilson. You got to be able to make those throws to do enough to score twenty points to win a game. You have to. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. And you know, that's some of the old Zach that we see that missed throw to the flat in the slot, but uh, in the flat. But let's be honest too. Garrett Wilson drop balls, Lazard drop balls. So when we're trying to get this kid to have confidence, we have these receivers dropping balls, which is not acceptable. Yeah, listen, there were a couple of drops in the game. But for the most part, my narrative and takeaway watching for almost four quarters was that the penalties were inexcusable. The penalties put the Jets in a position, compromised way too many instances, way too many times, extending drives, third down, fourth down, you name it. And that the quarterback was not up to par. Thankfully, the Giants decided to kick a field goal on fourth and one. They missed. You got in field goal range. You get to overtime. You win the game. Take it. Survive. Advance. Move on. That's my advice. But I can't sit there and say in good faith and good conscience that this is a game that Zach Wilson played well enough in. He was awful. And at the end of the game, I'm not waxing poetic about a, a throw or two that was made. I'm sorry. Great. He he did just enough to win against Tommy DeVito. It's gonna to have to be a lot better next week against Justin Herbert. A lot better the following week. And on and on and on we go. Uh let's take two more. Let's take two more. Let's head to uh where are we gonna go? Jordan is up next. Jordan, welcome in. How you doing, How you doing Bobby? Bobby? Hey, what's up? Hi, Jordan. The, oh my god, what a disgraceful ending. Uh, if you're if you're a Giant fan, it was a pretty disgraceful ending. You're not wrong on that, Jordan. It was a pretty disgraceful ending. I'm not getting a whole lot of sleep if I'm a Giant fan tonight. Not getting a whole lot of sleep. Uh, let's head to MG. MG joins us. MG, the floor is yours. Welcome in. What's up, dude? JJ, what was the problem with the Jets last year? Well, I think you know what the problem was. The quarterback stunk. What else? Uh, what else? At times, it was offensive line being beat up. At times, it was coaching decisions that left a lot to be desired. And it was a defense that in the second half of the year didn't force enough turnovers. This year, that hasn't necessarily been the case. But those are a few. I feel like our head coach and our quarterback are both bad. And somehow, we're scraping out these games, partly due to mistakes from other teams. But if this guy, Wilson, I mean, like you just said, he's missing like basic throws and we're all getting excited about two throws at the end of the game which by the way the Jets lose that game if they don't get that bailout of a flag that terrible play by uh, 22 it's just like enough with Zach Wilson he's just uh he is what he is you know he's a he's a, a mediocre below average quarterback and uh Robert Salat oftentimes is looking like a cheerleader on the sideline instead of actually coaching the team putting them into position to win and managing the clock, it's and, and and Johnny Jets. Well, I think that was his name. He talked about a clock management guy. We tried this with Herm Edwards. It just doesn't work. We got to get a real. It, it sucks that Rodgers went down because honestly, John, this team is probably six and one, maybe. Uh I I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, they should have. They they would have beat the Patriots, but then it's the 
you know, but the, all right. So you give them the Patriot game, but you never know what happens in the other games. Did they rally in the Buffalo game because of the Buffalo, like kind of, you know, ease off a little bit, you know, in week one, the Eagle game. I mean, the Eagle game, listen, the Eagle game, the defense played great. The Eagle game, they also lost Lane Johnson. They got a bunch of turnovers. I'll give them one more win. I'll say this. I'll give them one more win just because it's football and you never know. The only game the Jets, you know, really looked terrible in this this year was the Dallas game. Other than that, I mean, they're in every game and they just, I mean, the defense, I think they beat the Chiefs with Rodgers, you know. But Wilson, but, but again, Rodgers, yes, but he played, but he played better, but he played pretty well in that second half. He scored some points. And and the defense had opportunities. They got bailed out Kansas City by a couple of flags. That definitely was in play. That definitely was the case. I don't like living in what-if world, though. Because who knows how week one plays out? Who knows how Philadelphia treats the game if Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback? Like, there's just so many variables and unknown. I don't like living in that world. Aaron Rodgers is not here. Would they be a better team? Yes. Would they be a more dangerous team? No no question. No, nobody's arguing. But, like, going game by game, dissecting it, I, I, I don't love living in that world, guys. I, I just don't. The reality is, Robert Sala was probably in make-or-break territory. If they didn't make the playoffs with Rodgers, he probably was getting fired. Now, because Rodgers is not here, he's got a major loophole. And I think we have seen the four and three. I think they're going to be competitive in the November and December. I think they're going to be in that playoff mix. He's going to be the coach next year. I'd be stunned if that's not the case. Stunned. I expect both coaches back. But it is amazing how much I and many others have turned on Brian Dable. And how could you not? Coaching scared. Super scared. All right, a couple of thoughts before we hit trivia and before we hit Jeff Money. Um, Knicks over the weekend. Brunson was fantastic on Friday. Watched a lot of that game. Fourth quarter was the big Halloween shindig. Stefan was here. We had all the heavy hitters dressed up to the tens in the Halloween costumes up the wazoo. They were all fantastic. They were all terrific. Awesome game from Brunson on Friday night. Good to see DiVincenzo get involved. Then on Saturday for the Knicks, you kind of had a feeling. Tough spot for them. Second night, back-to-back, on the road, after winning in Atlanta, did not like them at all. Kind of laid an egg, 96-87 to the Pelicans. So they're one and two to start the year. Not the worst. We knew this was going to be tough sledding for the Knicks in these first six to seven games. So I wanted to touch on that. Number two, you run around the league. Big winner. I hit on it at the end of the space. Cincinnati Bengals. They're now over 500. Joe Burrow is back to looking like Joe Burrow. That defense disrupted Purdy like crazy. Super impressed by what I saw from Cincinnati. They're a big winner of the day. Jaguars. Finally squashing that steal of voodoo. I like Jacksonville today. Should have included it in one of my picks. Love Jacksonville today. That was an honorable mention for me, and I'm mad I didn't include it. Dropped the ball. They're going to make a run for the best record in the AFC. I know everyone's talking Kansas City, Miami, and that's going to be a big game coming up this week. Jacksonville, because of the division they're in, they all set up really well to go and find themselves as that top seed in the AFC. And maybe we're in a position where the road to the Super Bowl does not go through Arrowhead. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Northern Florida. So think about that. Um, and then the injuries were a big storyline today. I mean, we saw it in the Jet-Giant game. Pickett went down. Taylor went down. A lot, a lot, a lot of injuries 
And you feel for teams. Like Minnesota's finally starting to get it to going in their favor. They're finally moving in the right direction. Cousins goes down. Now he's finished for the year. It's week to week. You just got to keep everybody as healthy as you can. And that ends up being a major narrative and a major storyline in these NFL years. Teams that are the healthiest are the ones usually left standing in January. There's, there's no getting around that. And then before we hit trivia, World Series. Game one was lights out. Story time. I bet the Rangers, when they were down a run, having a couple cocktails at the Halloween party. So we got to experience a moment with Seager hitting the home run to tie it and then Garcia hitting the home run to win it. The Diamondbacks got some stones, though. They come right back the following night. Tommy Pham has a bunch of hits. They get all sorts of hits galore on Montgomery and then on the bullpen. They go and win game two. They're going to be in this thing. And you got Scherzer on the mound. You think I trust Max Scherzer with what I've seen in the postseason over the last three years? Texas now has not lost a road game in the postseason. So Scherzer with Texas, something's got to give you. Something's got to give. Sure, Jeff Money will have a pick. I'll give my official World Series Game 3 pick in a matter of moments. But first, trivia time. Larry, take it away. J.J. Larry Ford, a little trivia. Who was the only team in the NFL that hasn't scored 22 or more points? Second one is going into today's, today's games, two teams have been outgained in every game. Can you name the two? I'm out. Two teams have been outgained in every game. Two teams. Uh, my first guess has got to be the Giants. Mm. No. Not the Giants. Outgained in every game. Got to think bad offense or bad defense, one or the other. Um, the Carolina Panthers. Mm. We're off to a rip-roaring start. Outgained in every game. The New England Patriots. Mm. Jeez Louise. <laughs> the Denver Broncos. I got no freaking idea. I mean, I've just rattled off four or five of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, Larry, maybe your brownies. I'm weird question. I'm throwing it out there. Browns. Mm. Oh, I know I'm missing one. The Steelers have got to be on this on this list. Pittsburgh. All right, there we go. I, I knew I was going to get one eventually. And it's amazing the Steelers are still four and three on the year. And then another team that's been outgained in every game. Chicago Bears. Mm. Outgained in every game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Stefan, mm. uh, who's the last one? I'm so sick of this question. I don't even want to guess it anymore. All the bad teams and you forgot the Cardinals. How did I not mention Arizona? I ran through like every crummy team. And I forgot the Cardinals. Give me a break. Honestly, that's unacceptable for me. Um, now, the other question. The only team in the NFL to not hit 22 or more points. 
I'm going to say it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not the Steelers. Is it Larry's Cleveland Browns? No, they scored a bunch last week. That's a no. That's a no. The only team to not score 22 or more points in any game. Would have been the Giants, but the Giants had that Arizona game. Is it the New York Jets, uh, Stefan? It's not the Jets. Man, who could it be? Carolina Panthers. Uh, I'm really whiffing today. Oh, last guess, and then I'm done. The Green Bay Packers. Uh, who I, I'm done, Stefan. Who is he it? Lost Vegas. I'm done. And we'll see. Well, we'll see, Larry, who kicked my ass today. I mean, this was one of the worst rubbings I've ever had in our trivia games over the last three years. My goodness. Terrible performance for me. Uh, we'll see if Vegas cracks that number tomorrow. All right, Jeff Bunny, before we say goodbye, I know you got picks for us. Let's hear them. What up, JJ? Jeff Bunny here at Handicapper. Picks me from Monday the 29th. Let's start with the Monday night football game. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions minus the seven and a half over the Vegas Raiders. And in the game, in game three of the Major League Baseball, I'm going to take the Texas Rangers. They're showing minus 105 over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Again, two plays for the Monday night game. I'm going to take the Lions minus the seven and a half. And I'm going to take the Rangers minus the 105. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. Now, we will be riding together with the Lions. Their money at home. I don't trust the Raiders. I don't trust Josh McDaniels. I think you get a bounce-back performance from the Lions after their drubbing uh, at the hands of Baltimore last week. I'm going with Arizona in the baseball game. And it's pretty simple. I don't trust Max Scherzer. I don't trust him. I don't believe in him. I think he's going to get roughed up in this game. And PFAT has looked really good for Arizona. His last couple of starts have really impressed me. I know Texas has not lost the road playoff game. I said they lose their first on Monday. Give me Arizona at minus 110 to go and win the game. We'll have CJ Uzama later in the week. We'll have our Football Friday show later in the week. Remember, we got a live show coming up from Catch the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We also have a Monday night show next week. Stefan and I will be in the building for Jets and Chargers. So we'll be rocking for MetLife Stadium after the game on Twitter Spaces. So you want to stay tuned for that. I hope everybody enjoys their week. We'll chat on Tuesday. JJ out. Good job, Steph. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or... Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 
1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.